So every now and again, I like to do something a little bit different. Like bring in someone from another sport who loves baseball and find out why. Our guest today is a hockey guy through and through, but he had some great stories about why baseball means so much to him, and he knows his Blue Jays inside out. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is a Swing and a Belt. See how he interacts with our fans and the respect level that he has for the Maple Leafs, for the people that love the Maple Leafs, for everyone in our office. Um, you know, it gives me great pride to announce uh, uh, today, Kyle, as uh, the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kyle Dubas is the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dubas, 34 years of age, grew up in Sault Ste. Marie and played hockey as a kid. After graduating from Brock University with a degree in sports management, Dubas briefly worked as an agent before joining the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the Ontario Hockey League. Three years later, he was hired as the assistant GM of the Leafs and in 2018 was named the general manager of one of hockey's most historic franchises, which incidentally is the team that I was totally obsessed with as a kid and still follow closely to this day. But this is a baseball podcast and Kyle is apparently a big baseball fan and has kindly agreed to spend some time chatting about it. How you doing, Kyle? I'm good, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Uh, have you ever done a, uh, a pure baseball interview before? I, in my first summer when I joined the Leafs, I was actually got onto the Jays broadcast in a game in late August, I guess 2014, with Mike Wilner at, right during the game. So it was like the bottom of the fifth inning when we used to interchange and coming in the middle of the games there on, on the Fan 590. So that was a real highlight for me as a big baseball fan. So this would be my second baseball-related <laughs> uh, media venture. The 0-2 pitch is fouled away. But you also, like Alex Anthopoulos here, come from a scouting background. You were working in hockey ops when you were 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty fortunate and lucky on that end of it and able to be in the right place at the right time and, and have grown up in scouting and, and the last three years in Sault Ste. Marie with the Greyhounds have watched a, a lot of games every single year and at, at the OHL level heading into the NHL draft and, of course, for our own draft there as well. 0-2 to Reyes hit on the ground a second. Up oh, this is great. Well, so I reached out so people know, like I literally reached out on a hunch. I don't know why. I just had a hunch that you were a baseball fan. And I reached out to Kyle and I said, hey, are you a fan? And do you want to talk some baseball? Got back a very enthusiastic response. So I appreciate that. How big of a baseball fan are you? I love baseball. I've all, we've in growing up, my my grandfather played baseball very competitively, and though he coached hockey and coached the Sioux Greyhounds in the '60s, baseball was his first love for sure. And so that was passed on to uh, to me. And then I played baseball growing up before, as most in, in Canada do, for better for worse. Shifting to playing hockey full time, and my wife also played competitive baseball when she was growing up. So our whole family loves baseball and we've got a young son and he loves baseball and we play baseball pretty much from the time I get home from the office until it's too dark and we love the game. So I've grown up in it and much in the way that people would love the Leafs, I would say I love baseball in the same way as not as my vocation, but, right. but as just a source of enjoyment and, and love of the sport and everything that goes into it. Well, let's start with your grandfather. I love stories about grandparents, and I think they're the best thing in the world. So you said he played competitively. Where and how competitively? And, and what were some of the baseball stories that he would tell you when you were a kid? I never saw him play, but he was a, a catcher, and he would always tell us stories about 
playing fast pitch and all the different teams that he played on uh, growing up and, and into his 30s competitively and, and playing in the world fast pitch championships in Hamilton and as the catcher. And then you would hear, you know, he would always talk about these guys that he played with and they became like the legends in your mind of this Sault Ste. Marie and regional fast pitch league. And when he passed away, it was amazing the number of stories from the guys who played baseball with him, who revered him and his leadership and his character and, and the way that he had helped their team. So he loved baseball. So growing up in Sault Ste. Marie, you got the Jays games on TV, but you got more coverage on radio and in the media of the Tigers. So my grandfather was a, a Yankees fan, but he watched every single Jays game and loved the Jays as much as I would say as he did the Yankees. So Every Tuesday growing up, we would go to a newsstand downtown to St. Marie because that was the, the day that Baseball Weekly arrived uh, <laughs> in the Sioux. And so we would pick that up and he would read it and then pass it down to me. And then I would read it, you know, front to back and all the statistics and box scores and everything. And I was just always fascinated with baseball. And we would either listen to baseball on the radio or uh, watch the games on TV. And then every summer, our family would go to Detroit to watch a weekend series. And that was always the highlight for me uh, growing up. We didn't have any vacations to Disney World or anything like that. Our vacations were to go and watch baseball. And that was founded and carried through by my grandfather's love of baseball, which was passed on to me. That's really cool. So did you go to Tiger Stadium before you went to, it was known as Skydome then. Did you go to a game in Detroit before you went to a game in Toronto? The order of stadiums I went to, so the first game that I remember going to is actually at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. We saw the St. Louis Cardinals play the Expos there. I would have been three or four years old, but I do vaguely, vaguely remember, uh, and there, we have photos of going to Skydome first, but then subsequently my memories of baseball growing up were essentially all at Tiger Stadium in Detroit because that's where we would go uh, every summer. So my first memories of actually going to games are, are at Tiger Stadium, though there are pictures that that show us at Olympic Stadium in Montreal and Skydome before Detroit. So I was born in 67, which coincidentally is the last year the Leafs won the Cup. So they, as I mentioned to you just before we started, the Daryl Sittler years when the Leafs were really good. I mean, they had you know three Hall of Famers on the team. They had a lot of good players. They just kept running into the Flyers and the Canadians. But I was like seven, eight, nine, ten years old when they were really good. And that team is why I got into hockey and why I fell in love with hockey. You were born in 85, so you were seven and eight years old or thereabouts when the Blue Jays won their two World Series. Do you have strong memories of the Blue Jays winning the World Series? I do, yeah. And in fact, in 92, I remember uh, watching all the games. Then in 93, game six, when Joe Carter hit the walkoff from and I was told to go to bed despite trying to stay up. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. I was seven at that time and my birthday was coming up where I was going to turn eight and uh, I didn't make it through. I mean, as, as I imagine, most seven or eight year olds wouldn't make it through some of these late night games now. Uh, but I remember waking up the next morning and, you know, rushing to talk to my parents about what had happened and who won the game. And so I, I remember watching all those games growing up and, and uh, watching the Jays and we weren't really uh, fans of one team in particular. We just watched baseball all the time. So you grew attached to, to many different teams, especially when I was, when I was young, but great memories of, of watching those teams. And, and then really as I continue to go through the nineties, the memories that stand out of, about baseball was the Yankees and, and Red mm -hmm. Sox rivalry that really started to, 
to brew and you're always attached to baseball growing up and what was happening in the sport, what was happening with the Jays and, and all the teams that we followed, which were plenty. Tell me about your playing career. <laughs> My baseball playing career was uh, was was a short one. I played uh, growing up all the way until the first year. So that you you know you've got t ball, rookie ball, and then mosquito, and then that was when I things with hockey were really ramping up, and so that was the end of it. So I was ten or eleven years old when I stopped playing, but I really wish I had continued now just because of how much I love the sport. Now uh, we have one son and he just loves baseball, loves to, he's three, he just turned three years old, but he loves to play baseball outside. And we go to parks by our house and he's got the bases now that we set up. So he's got a really strong passion for baseball and hockey. And, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of relive that all again. Yeah. Nurture that. As you said, like this can be a two sport situation. That's what my son did hockey in the winter and baseball in the summer. You got to nurture that summer sport as much as you nurture the winter sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, with our life so fixated on hockey, because it's, it's what I I'm fortunate to do for a living. It doesn't really feel like work per se, but it's nice to, to be able to go home and have something else on your mind and mm -hmm. something else that certainly intrigues and excites our, our young guys. So we'll, we'll push that through as long as we, we can, as long as he's passionate and loves it like he does now, you never know where these things are going to go because he's so, so young, but uh, if he loves baseball, well, he's got two parents that, that love the game as well. And we'll, we'll certainly nurture that and support him as much as we can. Is he a lefty? Uh, no, he's not. Oh. He right hand. He well, he's throwing right now. I don't think he's decided really which hand he's going to throw with. He throws with both, but he bats right-handed. So okay. yeah, so far. But what, <laughs> I, mean, I, I have pictures growing up where I was left-handed throwing the ball, and then I, I don't know why, but uh, suddenly, you know, when, I guess when up till I was five years old, my my glove was always for my right hand. I would throw with my left, and then suddenly I I is the is the pictures and no one can really explain why but suddenly it, it shifted and I was throwing with my right hand so hmm. I don't know the the whole process that went into that and my parents don't recall so we'll just let him uh, develop as as he wants and as he wishes and as long as he's having fun we'll roll from there but I know it's much more lucrative if he's a lefty so <laughs> <laughs> that's right got a much better shot the odds are much more in his favor if he's a lefty how much do you watch the Blue Jays now uh, every game. Um, if I can't watch, then we'll, I'll listen on the radio regardless of what I'm doing. So since this year began, even when we were in the bubble in the series against Columbus, there weren't really any games that crossed over with our own. So from the beginning of the season, when it started back up, I've been able to watch every game. It's been obviously a lot of fun in this very strange season. They've been great. So I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you watch them through the, you know, the lens of a GM or are you just pure fan when you're watching the Blue Jays play? Oh, I would say I'm a fan in that, you know, when especially that streak there where it was, you know, all of those close games are mm -hmm. winning. Every game was going into the ninth or the seventh. If it was a doubleheader and within one run and they were just grinding out win after win uh, one run games. You certainly the the emotions get up as they do for any fan where you're living in and uh, dying on every pitch and every instance that where the ball's in play or or they're huge at bats and the thing about baseball I love is that every every pitch kind of conjures up a different emotion and investment and I think that that emotional ride that you go on especially in important games and in pivotal moments of those of those games are are what makes the sport great and I think for the Jays in going through this season. I certainly feel as though I'm a fan. I've got great relationships with various people in the organization, so I'm cheering for them, and I, I want them to do 
very well. So I don't know enough about baseball to ever look at it from the GM perspective. And, and I just really enjoy it as a fan and, and would never want to kind of lose that passion for it. So right. I look at it that way. And I think I'm always cheering for the younger players on the team, especially to continue to show progress and, and promise as they have throughout the season. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's the appeal for most fans is how young and exciting they are. And you kind of project them towards the future. Is, is there one of those young kids that, you know, you make sure you're in front of the television if it's his turn to come up to the plate? Well, I mean, it's it's really changed throughout the year. It's kind of moved all over the place, right? I think with Vladdy Jr., when he came up, he was because of the amount of promise and the amount of hype behind him. At first, he was the guy you wanted to watch every at bat. But then as, as this season in particular has gone on, it's a matter of what you like. So Bo Bichette at the beginning of the year, the way that he started off the year just on fire was was outstanding. And then so you, now with him coming back, you want to watch more and see how he looks when he's coming back. And then in that middle stretch of the season, T. Oscar was the guy that he was probably the one guy on the team because he was so hot and playing so well offensively that you didn't want to miss any of his at bats. And a ground ball in. Because he didn't know what was going to happen. He was, he was at that time where it seemed like every time he was up at the plate, something special was was happening. And, and the, I think the key thing about the team is that they've had various different uh, young guys step up during the season. I mean, in different games and game to game, like Alejandro Kirk on Tuesday night. Like that was just that was great. And yeah. so it's been great to see. I mean, this has not been an easy season for this team, especially with a team that is so young to really not know where they were going as the season started even and they're in the season not knowing where they're going to play their home games and the whole controversy there that flared up about being in Toronto and if the fines and penalties that they left the hotel or left the Rogers Center sort of bubble and then you know having to play a bunch of home games in the stadium of the team that was the visitor and you know, the season not starting off great, but I think it, it just shows the promise that the team has and the character that they have that this young group even, you know, last week when it didn't go well against the Yankees, they're able to stabilize themselves and find their footing and get rolling again. So it's been great to watch. And Nate Pearson's debut in, in Washington was great to watch. Hopefully he can get back here in the coming week or weeks and, and help the team out. But they, they've had so many moments throughout the year and contributions from so many different guys that it's been so much fun to watch and certainly looking forward to hopefully them clinching here in the next day or so and then and then the playoffs uh, next week. Kyle, your young core, say just Matthews, Marner, Nylander, et cetera, they're a little bit further along, a little bit more mature and into their careers than Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, that group. But do you see any parallels between your young core and the Blue Jays' young core? Uh, I mean, certainly, I think that both organizations and, and knowing Mark and Ross and Andrew Tinnish with the Jays, I think they certainly had felt so positive about that young group of players. And I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but I certainly Biggio Bichette and, and Guerrero Jr. had sort of formed that. Now they have just more and more guys coming along, whether it's Austin Martin that they drafted this year, Nate Pearson, and and you see contributions from someone like Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen throughout the season, T. Oscar, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. So they, they kind of have that same thing. It's a young group that's growing together. And so when I watch their team, I think one of the things that, that makes me cheer for them at this point so much is the fact that I do see a lot of similarities. And the 2-1 driven to center field, and he just did it! Oh, baby! 
I think, you know, I'm going back to 2017 and 18 where, where their management group was under the, some criticism and fire because of the great seasons in 15 and 16, the groups that really Alex had, had put together with his staff and then needing, as that group aged out, needing to quickly revamp and get it going again in the right direction. So to see them transition it so quickly, you know, from 2016 and going to the playoffs and, and the LCS that year to 2020 and have them turn it so fast and be able to develop their own players. I certainly see the same type of similarities. And I think it's why the two groups in management in particular really cheer for one another, because when you have a young group like that, that's growing together and the Jays encountered this last week, you're either going to have moments or stretches where it doesn't really go well. And if the group is going to grow, they have to take those experiences and come out of them, learn from them, and then use them to show that they've got the mental dexterity to kind of gather themselves and, and find their footing and then be able to use those experiences to move forward. So that's why, especially in the last week or so, watching the beginning of the year from them for them to find their way despite injury and despite the you know the total lack of stability in terms of where they were going to be able to play, see the organization be able to find its way through the season and work their way into the playoff picture now on the cusp of clinching. I think, you know, for us, it serves as a great example as well, as much as the two teams are sort of growing together of what teams can be capable of and what they can achieve when they have that cohesion and they have that ability to withstand some adversity and, uh, and be able to grow through it. So I do see a lot of similarities, Dan, and, and it's, I think it's good for our players to be able to watch their team this year and how they've handled it as an example for where we want to go in the coming season and seasons. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I've saved the two most important questions for last. Does your son have a Blue Jay jersey yet? He has three Blue Jay hats that he rotates in and out, and he has a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey t-shirt. Okay. Uh, he, he's The way he's growing right now, any jersey would last a few months. So <laughs> I think what, the way that we've always viewed the jerseys is we'll let him develop his own favorite players on whatever yeah. teams that he likes. And once he once he's, he's going to get wear out of them for more than a month or two, we'll, we'll get him, uh, we'll get him what he wants and, and let him enjoy that same fandom that we all did when we were young. Okay. And not to put any pressure on you, but when the time comes that the Maple Leafs win a Stanley cup and they will, and you're asked to throw out a first pitch at Rogers center, will you throw from the mound or will you throw from the, the grass in front of the mound? <laughs> There's not a doubt that if I ever had that chance, I would have to go right from the rubber. There's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the only way. And if it looks foolish, that's fine. But you don't know how many chances you're going to get to do that. So I'd say you better go right up and, and uh, tow the rubber and, and let it fly. Well, have your wife get your arm into shape. I mean, you said she was a baseball player. But when the time comes, play some catch. You only get one shot at it. You want to talk about right. pressure. That's pressure. <laughs> well, we're, we're learning how to deal with it every day, especially especially here. So we'll be, we'll be ready and excited when, when the time comes. <laughs> so. Hey, Kyle, I really appreciate this. Nice of you to do it and, and glad to hear you're such a big baseball fan. And when the world gets back to normal, if you're ever down at the ballpark during a game, please pop into the booth and say hello and look forward to talking baseball again with you down the road. Perfect. Thanks, Dan. So we have proof. Kyle Dubas will throw a ceremonial first pitch from the mound after the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And I bet you he throws a strike too. That'll do it for this episode of A Swing and a Belt, produced by Christian Ryan. I'm Dan Schulman. Thanks for listening.